1: With your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the six man show. Today is February 29th, 2024. It is Leap Day. Jonathan Osborne here, as always, joined by my co host. Luke, Sylvia, Luke, I have two questions for you. First, are you are you celebrating Leap Day?
2: <laughs> I was thinking about this actually when you said it. Uh, how much have I taken into account Leap Day in my life when it comes around every so often years, which I don't even know how often Every it four is. years. There we go. Every four years comes up, I talk about it, and then I just move on four years later. You know, kind of like politics for me. We're not going to go there. But that's what that's what it is. Every four years, I'm like, all right, fine. We'll fire it up. But uh, other than that, I show no interest in Leap Day, unfortunately, which I'm pretty sure I'm with everybody listening. It's just an
1: extra day to grind, baby. That's mm-hmm. all it is. Mm-hmm. Second question. What is your favorite
2: type or flavor of Oreo? Favorite Oreo? Double Golden Stuffed oreo the golden stuffed is just magical to me i'm a big golden stuffed guy
1: right now the new space dunk oreos have me in a chokehold so yesterday i went to Winn dixie my buddy sent me so it's there's like one and a half stuffed i wouldn't call them double stuffed Uh but it's like blue and pink frosting with Mm. like pop rocks in the frosting
2: dude that's such a degenerate
1: yeah it absolutely is my buddy (laughs) sent them to me And I'm in the middle of the day here yesterday. It's almost like the time where I take my lunch break. And I sent him back a snap. I said, well, I guess I'm going to Publix right now. I go to Publix. Publix didn't even have them in stock. I had to drive 15 minutes to Winn-Dixie. I grabbed two packages. There's half a package left sitting in my pantry right now.
2: You grabbed two and there's half a pack. You've eaten them. Me and the
1: kids smashed the first one yesterday. And then I got home this afternoon and I smashed almost half a package of
2: Oreos by myself. Space dunk. I Listen, man. So what is the icing? Just just colored. Like it's just it colored. Tastes, it tastes exactly the same.
1: So it's just thing got is the Pop Rocks. Rocks in it. And it's got like more frosting than a normal Oreo, but not quite as much as a double stuffed.
2: My question is, is it a collab with Pop Rocks or did Oreo make their own Pop Rocks?
1: It says popping candy. So I'm guessing oh, it's so not they, a collaboration.
2: They did their own. Yeah. Previous to this,
1: thing. and I still think these are my favorite, is every so often you'll get the firework Oreo, which is just normal white icing, but they have the red and blue pop like candy
2: inside of it. This is a new concept to me. Really? I've never even heard of putting oh my gosh. pop rocks. Does it, does it? Are they effective? Yeah. What do you mean yeah. are
1: they effective?
2: Like, Are they popping in your mouth? Yeah. Why year?
1: would they put popping... Pop rocks in or an Oreo if they didn't pop
2: I'm still trying to figure out why they would pop popping pop rocks in an oreo
1: it's a, it's just a fun it's a fun experience. I'm 31 years old almost, and I still enjoy like baby bottle pops. love those um like the gummy cluster nerds all day with okay. those. those are good. The uh, lemonade fest sour patch kids had me in a chokehold until they almost completely ruined the roof of my mouth. Let's see what else do I really enjoy like a pop rock, like just by itself. Like I'll, I'll do that. Like I, I'm still very much a candy guy at 31 years of age.
2: That is hilarious.
1: Yeah. My other uh, favorite Oreo was the, the uh, ones way back in the day that when you dunk them in your milk, they turn the milk blue. I don't know if you're old enough to remember
2: those. I, I remember the image of that. I don't remember having them or doing that. What I will say, Jonathan, I will be at your house Monday night. Yeah, As we are going to Charlotte and flying to Charlotte Tuesday morning for the Magic versus Charlotte. I am hoping that you have a space Dunk Oreo for me. I'll night.
1: see what I can do. I can't make any promises. I don't know that I'll be able to make the trip back to Winn-Dixie between now and then. We'll, we'll see what happens because I can guarantee you the half sleeve that is still in yeah, existence will we'll make it to like midway through tomorrow like at the that's absolute fine. latest
2: you know that, that's fine well uh, i'll hold on to hope that you'll have uh you'll have to scratch the edge to go back so badly that you'll have some there
1: if anything i'll make the trip like monday night because i know you're gonna head over like after you've got the kids down and everything like that Correct. so that's that's the least i can do because luke and i our flight is at 6 a.m so we're gonna be at tampa airport by like four right. thirty monday morning and then flying into charlotte and the cool thing is like we land and then Kevin lands from Savannah like 15 minutes after us. So mm-hmm. just we we could not have really it, it was a struggle to orchestrate this trip. It really was multiple attempts at orchestrating this trip, not naming any names. I'm not assigning any type of blame to anyone. Yeah, but we got it done.
2: Listen, and all I know is the city of Charlotte is going to gonna rue the day they charlotte's not in. ready that is my favorite thing ever by the way <laughs> when girls are like going to nashville and they're like nashville's not ready it's like no nashville's seeing girls like you every single or day when, of the week. or
1: when like the bachelor trip is going to vegas yo vegas ain't ready for us bro it's like <laughs> vegas is absolutely designed structured and built yeah. to handle you <laughs> and your boys
2: yeah you're not that, ready
1: That's there's the 500 groups exactly like you that arrive in vegas every single day <laughs> And they arrive and leave, and
2: Vegas is still standing. Yeah, yeah, you're the one that's that doesn't uh, make it out. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, and uh, everybody thinks like, bro, our our trip to Vegas is going to be just like The Hangover, and it's never even remotely no close to tiger.
2: that. No one's got a tiger. All no. right, nobody one's sleeps on Keisen the roof.
1: On uh, I have a group of friends, and I'm I'm not going to name any names. Uh, most of them don't listen to the podcast, but they're always <laughs> like they call it they're scheming, right? Like they're they're planning some kind of trip. For New Year's, two of them decided to go to Miami for New Year's and they paid like $200 to go to like a, a nightclub to, to celebrate New Year's and our, the entire group chat was roasting them because they were like, you guys didn't do anything. You didn't meet any girls. You paid $200 to stand in a club and watch other people have fun on New Year's. Like I, I know you, that's a lot of you people's didn't life the, experience.
2: Didn't utilize the club. Yeah, Yeah. he paid too much. He went to Miami. You fell into the trap. You went to Miami. Congrats.
1: Correct. Yeah. All right. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, what we are actually here to do. Uh, Our new episode of the six fan show that Ben filmed Tuesday night after the Magics blowout win over the Brooklyn Nets on Stuff's birthday, by the way. Uh, That's up now on YouTube. If you haven't seen that, go ahead and check that out. And most of you know that our post-game live show that producer Kevin hosts after every single Magic game is presented by our friends over at Rock'em. We don't always talk about Rock'em a ton on the six-man show. They're the sponsor of the post-game live. But we wanted to talk about them really quickly because they've released a, a pair of socks. Eat. In my opinion, are the the sickest pair of socks that I've ever seen in my life. They threw together a design of play the song socks. So they say play the song in big blue and white font. It looks awesome. They have the retro Orlando Magic logo on that, uh, but then they have like a, a magician's hat with the basketball in it, with the magic wand, with you know magic sparkles all around it. It's got the uh, it's got the pinstripes and all that kind of stuff. So if you haven't seen those yet, uh, be on listen to this URL because it's not the the easiest URL to remember but it is com slash collections slash Orlando dash magic. I'll say that again, rock'emsocks.com slash collections slash Orlando dash magic. And you can see these play the song socks. They're on sale for nineteen ninety nine. Heck of a deal. And at checkout, if you use code magic 20, you get 20% off your order from Rock'em. So uh, be sure to check those out. Rock'em, nice enough to send us a few pairs. Can't wait to get mine in the mail, Luke. They're going
2: to be in the rotation, like pretty regular, I think. I wear mine all the time. I wear my my uh, Rock'em socks all the time. And uh, not just to play the song ones, but like you said, those will be in rotation. And then, for those of you guys that maybe haven't gone to the website real quick, it's rock'emsocks.com. You guys can absolutely type in the link if you already have it, Jonathan said but there's a lot on there because they obviously don't do just magic things. Magic things are like a small part of what they do because they are magic fans out of Orlando. They're always innovating ideas and getting the fans pumped. So we never talked about the
1: uh, magic wind
2: socks on here either. Those are awesome. Go check them out. Here's what you do. You go to the site, go to rockham.com and then in the search bar and they have like a magnifying glass in the top right. Just type in Orlando magic and it'll pull up there. The play the song socks. It has like a little tag in the top right of that picture of the socks. It just says new. And of course, it says play the song. So check it out. They've got a lot of really fun stuff with the new type in Orlando magic. And uh, it's all magic themed. There's some, there's some Mickey on there. There's the pizza socks um, with like the magic win. There's like a QR code on it that you can go straight to there. I believe they still have those. Yeah, you scan
1: the QR code, it brings you to Papa John's website so you can order 50% off Papa John's you know, exactly. after after the Magic win with code MAGICWIN.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So go check them out. There's uh, so much stuff there.
1: All right, time for State of the Magic, Luke. So, so far this week, the Magic have only played one game. They're 1-0 and after the blowout win over the Brooklyn Nets, which we'll talk about in a little bit here. The Magic now sit eighth in the Eastern Conference. They're not eighth in the Eastern Conference, Jonathan. What are you doing here? They're seventh in the Eastern Conference with a record of 33 and 26. They're 13 and a half games back of Boston as they continue to roll. Now Boston's won nine in a row. Good grief. We're six games back of Cleveland, five games back of Milwaukee. We're two games back of New York. We're a half game back of Miami and Philadelphia. We're a half game back of the five seed right now. We're tied with Indy, but we hold the the, uh, the tiebreaker for winning the season series against Indy. Uh, five and a half games up on Chicago. Six and a half games up on Atlanta. And on the season, the Magic are 23rd now in the NBA in offensive rating with a rating of 113. They are 5th in the NBA in defensive rating with a rating of 112.7. And they are 14th in net rating with a net rating of 1.3. If you're unfamiliar with these ratings... Basically, a team's offensive rating is how many points they are scoring per 100 possessions. The defensive rating is how many points they are giving up to their opponents per 100 possession. And the net rating is their point differential per 100 possessions.
2: And real quick, Jonathan, I just want to jump in here. You were talking about the standings and everything. As you were listening to this, you already know who won. But right now, the Pacers are playing the Pelicans and are up 12. So if they go on to win, the Magic will be 8th as you guys listen to this, because they are tied right now, like Jonathan said, um, as we are recording this. But very well, they could win this game against the Pels, in which case would put them a half game up on the Magic.
1: Well, me screwing that up probably sealed the Magic's fate by saying they're eighth. So by the time people are listening to this, the Magic probably are eighth. So you can blame me. I apologize. But luckily, we still got you know 20-some-odd games to go here, make up the difference there. Taking a look at the injury report, Paolo Bancaro was still out. Tuesday night with the illness, missed the last couple of games now. Jonathan Isaac missed Tuesday with the left knee strain that he suffered a few nights ago. Both Jonathan Isaac and Paolo Benchera are listed as questionable for Thursday versus Utah Paolo for the illness, Jonathan Isaac for the left knee strain and an illness. So we are hoping to get him back Thursday. He talked to uh, Orlando Media Wednesday after their shoot-around. And said that, you know, it was nothing serious. The MRI came back good. Or I'm sorry, not Wednesday, Tuesday, the shoot around. And said that he was hoping to come back Thursday. And that that's what they were targeting. But now you have to sort of question if that's going to be up in the air. If he's dealing with the same illness that Paolo Caro was dealing with. I mean, Paolo's been dealing with that for like a week now. So yeah. if Jonathan Isaac is dealing with that same illness, you know, everybody's affected by things differently. Uh, but we'll just have to keep an eye on the injury report as we get into uh, what is tomorrow, Thursday, and as we cl- get closer to game time and, and see what the official
2: uh, rulings are on those guys. Would not be shocked if Jonathan Isaac does not play on Thursday simply because the Magic don't play again until Sunday. So they'll have some time. he will have some time to to continue to to get better from whatever illness it is and not push it against the Jazz on Thursday. It's going to be a tough matchup. But I would, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if J.I. is out until Sunday. Give him some extra days rest.
1: Yeah, I would expect Paolo to play Thursday for sure. After missing the last couple of games, you know, play the first two games coming back from the all-star break has missed the last two. This is a guy that does not like missing games was definitely pushing through that illness. Now we've been able to give him a little bit of a break. The last few days would expect him to play Thursday. And especially if Paolo plays Thursday, then I would really err on the side of caution with J.I. and just say, look, we've got Paolo, we've got everybody else, should be enough to take care of this Jazz team at home. So if J.I. is feeling a little bit under the weather and this sort of gives you an excuse to rest that knee a few more days, like you said, you play Thursday and then you don't play again until Sunday. But Luke, can we talk about this now? Like J.I. liking the tweet, relevant, not relevant. You said it wasn't, I thought it was. It seems like it was.
2: Yeah, I mean, probably, probably relevant in that respect. I, I, I don't know.
1: If you don't, don't remember know. what we're talking about, uh, Lando Kid on Twitter tweeted at Ji the night that he hurt the knee, you know, a few nights ago, and said, "Like this tweet if you're going to be okay." And Jonathan Isaac liked the tweet, and I was like, "Oh, well, that must mean he's okay." And looks like, yeah, I don't know. And uh, now yeah. it 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 seems like Ji is okay.
2: seems seems like he's okay. That's just ridiculous that that even happened to that day. I liked it.
1: That is the fastest (laughs) injury update we have gotten in the Jeff Weltman era. So I'm good with it. If that's what we have to do from now on, anytime a guy is hurt, tweet at him like, Hey, are you good? If you're okay, like this tweet. If not, don't, or Hey, if you're not okay, retweet this or whatever. If that's what we have to do now to get injury updates from the players, I'm totally good with that. And I also think like J.I. is so like, oh, we're targeting Thursday. If it was up to Jeff Wellman or Jamal Mosley, those guys are not saying that. I think J.I. is just so sick of sitting and probably so tired of like the questions around his health. And is he going to play? Is he not going to play? He's like, you know what? I'm just going to come out and say this. This is what it is. People don't have to worry. I'm good. I'm trying to come back Thursday. So it doesn't, once again, turn into this conversation around J.I. of like, will he or won't he? Yeah, yeah. And Tuesday, uh, Markel Fultz, you know, in the lineup again, um, but not in the starting lineup. Caleb Houston, Franz Vonder, Wendell Carter, Gary Harrison, Jalen Suggs started the game again. You know, no uh, Jonathan Isaac, no Paolo Bancaro. But Luke, another game, Markel Fultz coming off the bench now. Uh, we'll talk more about the Nets game in a, in a couple of minutes, but are we I know we've sort of talked about this, are we putting any level of stock into this quite yet? The fact that so many guys, you know are, are not so many guys, but a couple of guys are missing, and Markel's still not quite back into the starting lineup.:
2: Yeah, I think I think, think Mosley's trying to find something, right? because then he he rolled with a lineup against Brooklyn that we hadn't seen. And they did well. And it's hard to gauge, even though we have been be- beaten by Brooklyn the last few times, it is hard to gauge still. Like, it's just one game how well that lineup. For that game, the lineup looked good together, right? All of them yielded, you know, good results. Everybody in that starting lineup played well. All of them shot efficiently. They're, you know, Franz and Wendell really had the turnovers. But I I think that lineup worked well. I I think that it's, it's telling that Markell played, still played like 25 minutes. Maybe Mosley will take that approach of, hey, I want to try to find a starting lineup that works together. Whether it's because he knows that Markell isn't really part of the future plans for this team while still keeping him effective and playing him pretty high minutes
1: I had someone reach out into our DMs on Instagram. Uh, you know, they saw like you know Dennis Schroeder You know, played relatively well. You know, for for Brooklyn the other night, and seeing you know basically nothing that was given up for him for like Toronto and Brooklyn to make that swap. You could have seen the Magic making a move similar to that, either for a guy like Dennis Schroeder or maybe you know a guy that we've talked about in Tyus Jones, and I I just. Can't help but come back to the thought process of like being confused by the way that they have chosen to to manage the point guard situation this year, especially with Markel again, just like in and out of the lineup due to injury. Now he's back. Is he hundred percent healthy? All right. If he is, then for the second consecutive game, why is he not in the starting lineup? Even though he's not in the starting lineup. He's still playing almost starter minutes, but at the same time, even in games recently where he has started and the game is close down the stretch, he hasn't been closing games. And anybody watching this team somewhat closely can probably come to the conclusion that the Magic are going to move on from Markel Fultz at the end of this year anyways. That contract is expiring. Now you don't have that salary as sort of a trade piece or a trade ship. So I, I just am very confused at the way that they have handled the Markel Fultz situation this year. And like as it pertains to the future, it's like, well, w- what are we doing here? Like, okay, he's starting, but he's not closing games. And he's not healthy, so he's not in games. But now he is healthy, and he's not starting, but he's playing almost starter minutes. I'm just so confused at what is going on with Markel the the last few weeks here since he's come back.
2: Right. I mean, it, with him not starting, I genuinely expected him to maybe play low minutes. But the fact that he played 25 minutes, which was like top one of the top on the team. Those are pretty much starter starter minutes. I mean him and Cole Anthony. Cole plays 26. He plays 25. It is tough to gauge when it comes to uh just the fact that that like throughout the whole game he hits that number i just don't know what it what it's going to mean um in the future i don't i have no idea him playing those 25 minutes is super interesting he plays more than Suggs and all of them but it, it's a blowout right but then you would think that he wouldn't play because of injury like that's the reason i thought that he wasn't starting It was like they're just getting him back into the fold and mosley still very much reiterated that that like they're still taking things day by day with faults and getting him acclimated, seeing how he feels, trying not to push it, talking about how he's always communicating with faults and every, you know, coaches, uh, if he's good to go and trainers, should we, can we play him another stint, whatever. So I don't know now that he's played 25 minutes, does he start against Utah or now that they know he can do that. And if he feels good, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. I, my gut says, that but palo's back. If palo's back, you're gonna see probably Gary in the starting lineup. Caleb Houston was fun though.
1: There's a part of me that can't help but wonder like, at what point do they decide that Markell and you know, this whether it's the knee, whether it's the shoulder, because a lot of people have questions about that. Like, they're saying it's the knee, but is it really the shoulder? And there is. There's plenty of evidence throughout this season where, you know, if you're a conspiracy theorist, you could see that lining up, right? Like he started the beginning of the season, didn't look incredible, but, you know, initially misses time for the knee. And then he comes back, the jump shot looks completely different. He's wearing this massive bandage on the right shoulder than he isn't. And now he's missing more time. And now he's come back. At what point do the Magic go, hey, we have no idea how many games like consecutive games this guy is going to be able to play and if he's going to be in and out of the lineup do we keep disrupting the starting lineup by putting him in and then taking him out when he's injured or if you're playing great we're going to play you a lot of minutes but you're going to come in off the bench so that we're not disrupting you know these lineups in the way that they just naturally are when a guy is just in and out of the lineup due to injury That's a question that I have. I feel like that's probably not happening. It would, it feels like that would just be like a major shift, a major move to make at this point in the season. And, you know, a lot of the the data shows that the best starting lineup is, you know, including Markel Fultz. And if that's gotten you, you know, to this point where, you know, you've got, you know, we're what, 33 and, and 26. How many games is that? 15. So you got 23 games left. And it's gotten you to this point, you know, you're seven games over 500. You know, at, at what point do you say, Hey, we're going to make a big change here. I don't know that they do. I don't think they do, but it, it's just weird. Like I'm, I'm just really confused. Like you said, it feels sort of feels like Jamal is trying to find something, you know, with the the different kind of lineups that we've seen. Some of those have been out of necessity, you know, with guys out of the lineup, but man, we'd just like to have everybody healthy, for a a good stretch so that we can, because this is the time of the year where you start to shorten the rotation a little bit to try to find what your playoff, you know, nine or sometimes even eight guys are going to be.
2: Right. I mean that this is the time of the year to do it. Right. Uh, Like you said, as you're getting closer and like also you said, and we've alluded to before the starting lineup with faults, suggs um, Franz Paulo and dell is one is the the most played lineup and it also has a you know a great p- differential they are a plus eight point nine to give you guys an idea there are many lineups that the magic have tried throughout the season that are not in the in the positive so and all these coaches are using analytics they know what guys have good numbers together that's how they Determine a lot of it. So for me, if Fultz is passing the analytical test, why not start him? Unless you've got concerns about injury and maybe just the fact that he won't be part of this team in the future or part of the injury thing, right? Now, you guys are maybe listening to this after the Utah Jazz game on Thursday and mark how Fultz started, and this is all moot. But for the time being, it is interesting. But I am also interested to see, since he did play 25 minutes against Brooklyn, is he going to start Start now that they know that he can play high minutes?
1: To me, the future, like the future conversation, I'm putting this in, in air quotations here, the future conversation went out the door when they stood pat at the trade deadline. Like to me, that was like, hey, maybe we could move on from Markel Fultz and open up minutes for Anthony Black and get him some more run or or maybe make a move and move Gary Harris and Markel and, and perhaps get Jet Howard some run. Those sort of like future developmental questions went out the door when they held on to those guys. Cause especially like Markel, I mean and Gary, both of those guys are expirings. Are they part of the long term future? I mean, Gary, maybe Markel. I really have my doubts. So to me, they were just like, no, like we're going to keep this squad together. We feel like they can make a real playoff run. And then they have to be thinking like the playoffs are going to show us what moves we need to make this summer and in the seasons to come. So that that's just kind of where I'm at. I'm I'm confused. I'm not going to act like I know what's going on with the situation. I'm interested to seeing how everything plays out over the course of the the last twenty-three games. But like looking at Markel, like he misses all that time, comes back, plays three games, misses a game, plays four games, misses a game, plays two games, misses a game, plays seven or eight games, misses three games. Now he's been the last, back the last two. Like, at what point are we just gonna be able to have Markel in the lineup? Down this stretch run here as we go into the playoffs. Like, that's a concern that I have. Like, let's get the rotation that, like, let's start working towards the playoff rotation at this point. And if they have concerns that Markel isn't going to be able to go throughout the next 23 games, then I think it's probably a good idea to start looking at different starting lineups. And maybe that's what they're doing. And I don't know.
2: It's a great, great way to sum it up. I don't know. We don't know. We have (laughs) we have no idea. Because there's multiple options at the front office of why they didn't make a move of the deadline. Maybe they went to him and he said, you know, ultimately what it might come down to is that he wants to test free agency and see what he can do. And maybe there wasn't maybe the team he wanted to go to or the teams he wanted to go to didn't necessarily have what it took to get him as far as matching salaries and things like that. But there's a whole lot of different possibilities like when it comes to Markel Fultz and we'll have to want another just yet another thing that we have to wait and see what the front office has in plan.
1: And now people are listening to the podcast like these guys don't know anything. Why am I listening? Like, why am I listening to these guys? I don't know. They don't know. Nobody knows what's going on. Anyways. All right. Let's go ahead and give a quick shout out to the folks that help make each and every episode possible, our wonderful patrons. Um, If you would like to help financially support the show and help us do the things that we do, you want to get in on the fun or, hey, maybe you just want to join our Discord channel. You can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. We give a special shout out to our Hall of Fame and elite tier patrons each and every episode. Let's go ahead and rattle off some names here. Let's start with the court cousins, Drew Gooden, Armin, Carson Tulo. Ellis, Jonathan Borges, Normal Magic Player History, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, Donkey Punch, Dave, Palo and Franz Warren, Pierre A., Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Eduardo Sanchez, Danimo, Dotto 15, Bobby Skinner, Goaty 93, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Bill Fulton, Emin Lagone, Jose Esquilin, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Ty, Mr. TV, ESPN really sucks, Gear 95, Shred. Junior Bruce, Half Freakin, Shaw 177, Bulby the Dawn, Himlo, Ban Himro, RM Prof 221, Ray Pastrana, Magic Hit 714, Mysterious Mosley, Victor Cologne, Irish Magic Mike, Austin Lampy, Random Hustle, Only Franz, Maria, Keith Walsh, Fritz, Currency Kev, Bruv Sal, Cason Green, Santi Leon, Kane Eckler, The Distract, Ahmad Timsa, Chansu, Tom Gatson, Dead Air, Richard Tuttle, Jeremiah Kintero, Barstool Magic, Debo 1980, Magic Matt, thank you to all of our Hall of Fame, Elite Tier patrons, and all of our patrons. If you would like to join our Patreon, head to patreon.com slash the six man show. Luke, talk about some jam hot chicken.
2: If you guys are looking for jams, culture, hot chicken, Nashville, LA inspired hot chicken. Then uh, look no further. Winter Park, 400 West New England Avenue, Suite 13 in Hannibal Square. Jam hot chicken is there to meet all your needs. And I mean all of them. So go check them out. Go to JamHotChickenFL.com, look at their menu, online ordering to order ahead, everything like that. Follow them at JamHotChicken on all social media. One of the best food accounts in the game, restaurant accounts in the game. Go check them out and then let them know we sent you.
1: Listen, I know some people that were hyping up like other hot chicken establishments around Orlando and and probably to a certain extent, rightfully so. But when they go to jam, they're just like, I can't believe that jam is better than this other place, but it is. So if you're one of those people that you like hot chicken and you have what you think is like the best hot chicken in Orlando, go give jam a try.
3: It's only a kick,
2: a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans, after all, it's
1: only pressure, you got this, Adidas. Now let's talk about this uh, Brooklyn Nets game, Luke, from Tuesday night, so think the Magic's average victory of defeat, average victory, oh my gosh, average margin of defeat, good grief, average margin of defeat against Brooklyn, first two games of the season was like 24. We were averaging losing to the Brooklyn Nets by 24 points in the two previous meetings this year, one of those being the in-season tournament game back in November. Wendell Carter was talking to Orlando Media uh, Tuesday at shoot-around before the game talking about how like this is a get-back game for us, how this is a team that's whooped up on us twice, and we need to go out and win. And you and I talked about that Sunday night when we looked at the week ahead, how this is a team that's kicked your butt twice. They have not been playing well. Regardless of who is playing Tuesday night, the Magic need to make a statement, and they need to have a double-digit win. And I doubled down on that Tuesday when I saw our guy Faison put out that quote from Wendell Carter Jr., and I said, like, zero excuses tonight. We heard this from this same group a couple of weeks ago going into the Miami game, which we lost, and Miami won the season series, and now they hold the, the tiebreaker for playoff seating when it comes to the end of the year. We heard them talk up a big game, how we know this is a big game, we need to come out with the right energy, we need to deliver, so on and so forth. And they came out and laid a freaking egg in that game. And I'm pretty sure either the pod Immediately following that game or perhaps the next pod, we talked like the the Magic just are not at the level yet of some of these other teams where Miami recognized it was a big game for them and Miami just came out and played better from the jump, had better energy, better focus, attention to detail, all that kind of stuff. So them coming out again, saying this about a bad team, mind you, in the Nets who just recently fired their head coach and has whooped you twice this season for you to come out and say that again, like you cannot come out and not have good energy to start that game and that quote was from Wendell Carter Jr and I legitimately think that Tuesday night against Brooklyn was probably the best defensive performance that we have seen from Wendell Carter this year like may not have all of the like stats like only had one block in that game, but just like the rebounding and like the effort that he had at like contesting shots at the rim. I was like, this is the Wendell Carter Jr. that we hyped up all offseason long that we thought we were getting this year. Now, I know he had you know, the issue with the hand and it took him time to sort of get back right from that. But I don't know about you, Luke, but like to me, like Wendell has just not been the same guy that we have become accustomed to. I think part of it has been some of the offensive emergence of Jalen Suggs. So Wendell's numbers have sort of naturally taken a little bit of a dip on that end. But just like the way that, like the level of physicality has not been there with him this year. And like that motor defensively each night hasn't felt like it's been there this season. Tuesday night, to Dell's credit, he talked about it at the shoot around. And he, in my opinion, was one of the guys along with Franz and Jalen that set the tone for this game for the Magic. They got up big on Brooklyn early. And they held Brooklyn to a season-low uh, 81 points, the lowest point total of any Magic opponent this year. And the Magic just took Brooklyn to the woodshed. Mikael Bridges, who lit up the Magic a few months ago, four points in this game in 30 minutes, two of 13 from the floor, talking how Franz Honor couldn't guard him the last game. And the Magic effectively shut Mikhail Bridges down in this game. Again, Franz was awesome. Like The, the offense was pretty solid for the Magic but just a smothering dominant defensive performance from the Magic.
2: Most impressive part to me was, we've talked about this the last couple episodes, where the Magic just looked flat in that third quarter, especially playing with the lead. And that's one of the parts of just becoming and maturing is not just having the lead, but to keep it. As simple as that sounds, but the Magic have been having a really tough time to do that especially coming out of the half. Magic are up like 14 at the half. And then within like two or three game minutes, they're up by like 20. Just putting it on Brooklyn, because that's when the team is going to make a run. If you're going to make a run against this Magic team, it's going to happen at the start of the third. You're just going to catch us sleeping because we're up by double digits. And the next thing we know, you're back in the game. I was really impressed by the team's ability to put their foot down and experience ban the lead, and then to get up as much as you did and to ultimately walk out of there holding them to 81. It doesn't matter how, how, how much you score at that point. You're playing good enough defense. That's this team's MO. And again, yet again, another example of the Magic playing Magic basketball. Low volume from three, again. Hit a respectable amount, 36%. That's okay, and you won the rebounding battle, and you won the points in the paint. That's what we talk about time and time again on the show. You did those things correctly. You won the game. In this instance, the Magic turned the ball over a little bit more than you'd like, but you also had a lot of people getting a lot of run in this game because it was the margin that that it was. So much needed. Expected, hopefully, that we that this team would would finally dominate a game like they did in this one. And, I, I mean, to, to get beat the way you did the first two times and to, to lock down bridges like you did as well and win this game by that much, I mean, not enough can be said about it.
1: We, uh, we do the Jam Hot Chicken Jam of the Week. We do that every Sunday, right, where we take a look at the, the dunks from the last week and then we go through and name the, the Jam of the Week. We're going to do the Jam of the Week Sunday, but I'm pretty sure we already have our Jam of the Week. Yeah. And this is, I can't think of maybe like the the Jalen to Cole lob where they recreated like the LeBron to D-Wade thing. This dunk where uh, the Magic are up 74 to 51 with, uh, what was it here? A 755 left in the third. They're inbounding the ball from the, the sideline in the backcourt and Jalen Suggs like sort of fakes like he's headed towards you know the opponent's baseline and then cuts back the other way. Franz feeds him the ball and Jalen just puts on the burners like I haven't seen um, in a few weeks. So we talked about that guy like really needing the All Star break and then drives into the lane, sees Claxton sort of closing and helping late, and just plants that left foot in the ground, jumps over top of Claxton and dunks it to give the Magic a then twenty five point lead. That was electric, man. Like Jalen doesn't have many of those. Like doesn't have many like big dunks, like especially over people. But co- putting Claxton on the poster, I already feel like that's going to be a, a jam, hot chicken jam of the year candidate. Luke,
2: it was very much unlike Claxton to miss time like that. He came in. He did seem. I think he he jumped early, because by the time. Jalen was was getting ready to dunk. It was at the peak. Claxton had already kind of passed in the air and his hand was just a just a little bit off. Made for a really good poster, that's for sure. Maybe got one on Claxton. Uh, did get one on Claxton, but fortunate <laughs> to say the least. But Jalen Hugs, man, that what a dunk.
1: So the Magic Luke, they have now won. Uh 10 out of their last 14 games here. They're 7-3 over their last 10. They're closing the gap, you know, uh, when it comes to the Eastern Conference playoff race. Two games back of New York sitting at four. They're a half game back of Miami and Philly. Probably going to be a half game back of uh, Indiana. Or actually, I guess that would be a a full... No, that'd be a half game back. So they'll have played more games. They'll be a half game back... uh, from Indiana if the current uh, result holds. Indiana's up six over uh, New Orleans with four minutes to go. That We'll have to keep an eye on that, see what happens there. But here we are, like 23 games to go, and you're two games back of the four seed. Take it. like Take that The Magic sure. are, are playing really well at the right time. The, the Knicks are three and seven in their last ten. Now the Heat have won five in a row. Thanks a lot. Freaking sacramento for laying a complete egg against the miami heat without jimmy butler the other night philadelphia 76ers are three and seven and their last 10 pacers are six and four and their last 10 like four or five is right there for the magic to go and get like we'll talk a little bit about their schedule here you've got Jazz, the Jazz Thursday. Then you've got the Pistons, the Hornets, the Wizards, the Knicks, the Pacers, the Nets, the Raptors, the Raptors, the Hornets. That's your next one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten games where most of those it feels like you should win. There's gonna be a couple of toss-ups in there. You know, the Knicks, the Pacers, but other like it feels like you should beat Washington, you should beat Charlotte, you should beat Brooklyn again, you should beat Toronto both times. Like we we could be sitting here in a couple of weeks. We could be sitting again, you know, back up at the four seed, you know, first couple of weeks of the season when we're, we're like second, third in the East, and then we fall all the way down to eight. And now we've just been floating sort of back and forth between five and eight for the course of the last couple of months. And the schedule is still very favorable for the magic that if we can just put things like Tuesday was really encouraging because you have a a good defensive performance, but we need to continue to defend at that level with that amount of energy. If we do that, I really believe that we will at least be the fifth seed
2: come playoff time. I don't I don't see why not. You took you took care of the tough part of your schedule. Now you just gotta take care of business the rest of the way. I think you can do that.
1: I, I just feel like, you know, the magic at their best are better than Indiana, Philadelphia, and Miami right now. Yep. Like Miami, you know, has been hovering, you know, around the same record as the Magic all year long. When the Magic, like, obviously Miami has the experience, but I it's hard to say this with a team that has Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, but I feel like the Magic can go like toe to toe for the most part with Miami's talent. Maybe that's like my bias speaking. Um, it, could,
2: it could be. Well, in a, in a regular season game, I don't doubt the Magic. But, in a regular
1: but, season game, yes. I'm not talking about a playoff series here. Like right. in, a, in a regular season, like one night, the Magic absolutely can beat Miami. And Miami has just shown in the past that they don't always care about every regular season game. They're like, Let, they're, just get us in. Last year was a perfect example of this. Just get us in, and and we can go on a run. And they've proven that they can do that, but they did that last year as being in the play-in game and winning the play-in game to, but like came like almost lost, like we're almost completely out of the postseason, but got their way in and then made the run to the finals. So it's it's not like that team last year, in my opinion, was more talented than the team that Miami has right now, and I just could see. When it comes to the regular season, Philadelphia without Joel Embiid, like they're going to just continue to to struggle, right? Like if Philadelphia, you know, is is in the play-in game, it's really not going to surprise me, just because they're not the same team without one of the best players in the league. But they're going to continue to free fall. I like our odds against Indiana, Miami, New York is the team that you know they've just been so banged up over the the course of the last you know month or so. Uh, so that you know, explains a lot of their struggles. But if their struggles continue and they don't get guys back, like the magic could even end up as high as fourth. It's yeah. not likely, but it's not impossible.
2: Yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you. Anything can happen when you've got as easy as a schedule as we have to finish the year. You're just got to win the games.
1: That's really what it comes down to. I mean, again, yeah, 23 games to go here. Just got to win games. <laughs> And I'm looking. I'm looking at this uh, this Heat roster. Like, sure, you know they've got Tyler Hero and uh, you know Jaime Jaquez. Now they've got Terry Rozier, who has not been all that since being traded to Miami. Um, but like our depth, like that's where I'm at, and it's a it's a very comforting feeling, Luke. In all of these games, early in games when we're down or our starters are playing even with the other team starters. I have this level of confidence that, like, well, our bench unit is just going to outplay their bench unit. So, unless you're up by like 15 by the time our bench unit comes in, I feel really confident about their ability to close whatever gap. Or if it's a close game, their ability to take the lead or extend the lead if the Magic already have the lead. So, again, against teams like Miami or Indiana or whoever, it's like you break that starting lineup, especially now that Cole. Seems like you're starting to put some solid performances together. If that can continue, I I like our odds against almost anybody on any given night. And that's something that I have not said in like 12 years with the magic.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's been awesome. Uh, I am not crying, by the way. That was for the five-year episode. Your boy is just sick. Struggling. So. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, man. All right, well, let's go ahead and wrap this one up.
1: Just one game to talk about this week. So sorry that the episode is a, is a little bit shorter. I'll uh, try to give you guys as much content as we can, but we don't make the NBA schedule. And when we're just talking about one game, you know, makes it a little bit difficult to, to make these those thick boy episodes that we all know that you all uh, love. So, game Thursday versus Utah. Then we've got a game Sunday versus Detroit. We will be uh, recording an episode Sunday after that Detroit game. We do like that those uh, six o'clock starts because we get to start recording a little bit earlier on game days and the magic are off Monday and then we're traveling to Charlotte. So we'll be in Charlotte. We'll be on the post game live with producer Kevin from the, you know, the place that we're staying. So be on the lookout for that. Going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a, so we fly into Charlotte Tuesday morning. We, you know, we're we going to hang out in Charlotte, go to the game, record the post game live. And then we all fly out the next morning. And then we get to record Wednesday night for the, the six-man show. So going to be a fun week. Looking forward to it. But let's go ahead and wrap this one up so Luke can get some rest here. For Luke, Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You all have been listening to the six-man show. We will catch you guys next time. See you. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sixth Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Let's go!